Hey everyone, Matthew Cook, founder and CEO of GTC Golf Academy and host of the Lower Golf Scores podcast. I am a PGA teaching professional, I'm a published author and speaker, and I'm also a member of the Professional Golfers Association of Great Britain. This podcast has one very clear and simple goal, and that is to help you lower your golf scores. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, Matthew Cook here, founder and CEO of GTC Golf Academy and host of the Lower Golf Scores podcast. I'm coming to you with episode 18 and I'm going to talk about pitch and chip shots and distance control with pitch and chip shots. So this is, I think it's an interesting part of the game of golf when pitching and chipping because it's it's the one part or one of the parts of the game that I truly believe the amateur golfer and the average golfer can develop a a a tall player's short game pitching and chipping a tall player's pitching and chipping because it's not so much about now hitting the ball far which requires speed and characteristics uh, physical uh, physical characteristics and extreme precision and skill in movement and timing and and tons of stuff not only health nutrition physical shape and abilities nor just so much stuff goes into hitting the ball far strike having pure ball striking and you know a lot lots of um lots of things go into becoming a professional golfer from that perspective but when it comes to the short game i truly believe that an average golfer can develop a tall player's pitching and chipping just because it's not about hitting it far anymore and it's not about striking it incredibly pure. Um, it's 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 really about getting the ball to go the right direction and the right distance. And because it's they're such small shots that don't require a lot of club head speed, generally the average golfer can also strike it pretty pure too. It's much easier to do that because you're swinging it slower. So it, I, I really do think with with some good fundamentals, uh, with good conceptual understanding, uh, from, with a good understanding conceptually of what you're trying to do with regarding the setup, the ball position, great ball flight trajectory, landing zones, Routine, just uh, movement, uh, the the motion of the the swing, and and so and and such. I think that you, an average golfer, can become very, very good. And so, with regard to distance control, specifically with pitching and chipping, it's not so much about. Um, hinging of the wrists and getting the club head to move a lot uh, and and a lot of moving parts in your swing it, it's it's not that it we actually want less moving parts and your the club your arms the club your hands your arms and your torso actually work more together as a unit which is is completely different to hitting a full shot completely different you actually want with a full shot you want different segments to move at different times but 
in this instance that they move pretty much as a unit now yeah if you put your if you put a player on like k motion or uh some 3d biomechanics um technology you would see that they don't move all at the same time but they move pretty closely together um they move really closely so like to the human eye it looks like they're all moving as one and what what was found was that distance control well before i actually tell you what was found from some research what i like to see is players having a very good understanding of where the ball is going to take its first bounce where the ball is initially going to land because that is so important because you need to identify a place where the ball is going to land which will allow you to predict what the ball is going to do thereafter. Even if you don't hit it as you wished, the initial landing spot or zone or area, whatever you want to call it, where that ball takes its first bounce is critical. One, because in your mind before you hit the shot, you're trying to figure out from where your ball is to where where you want your ball to land, the trajectory it needs in order for the ball to then get to the end target. So landing zone is really everything. And if if there's anything I could suggest doing with pitching and chipping is working on landing zones, not necessarily where the ball is going to roll out and, and end up. Just maybe putting some circles down on the ground or or creating some sort of zone, different zones, and trying to uh, pitch and chip golf balls to where the first bounce is in them zones or areas. That would be... An extremely good practice session right there. So I'm I'm big on where the ball's going to land because that helps a lot of other things in your short game. Your chipping and pitching come a little bit more naturally from a, a learning perspective. You, just from trying to figure out the landing zone, you then figure out what club you need, how hard you need to swing, the motion, trajectory strike like all you then start to consider that other stuff because just from picking out the landing zone or at least becoming aware of it a lot of beginner golfers and you know i've actually worked with a lot of average golfers that sort of shoot in the 80s mid 80s that that have never chosen or even thought about where the ball is going to land and when i've done that when i've said to a golfer in a lesson look you're here you want the ball to get where the hole is and in the hole where does it where do you where do you want to land that ball and then most of the time everyone always says closer to the hole than they should uh the 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 better the golfer the further away from the hole um i've experienced they uh they suggest landing it obviously not that, that's obviously not in all situations but for some reason the average golfer and the newer golfer, the beginner golfer, the average golfer, they tend to want to fly the ball quite high in the air and land it closer to the hole all the time. And with with that comes hitting it harder and uh, lots of moving parts and, and typically a poor outcome. So that's just so all of that comes from landings on the, the number one thing I guess from a distance control perspective, would be to get good 
at landing the ball where you want the ball to land because then you can start to predict how the ball is going to roll or, or skid out or whatever it does thereafter. So distance control starts with landing zones. Now, what I can suggest you do uh, is a few really simple exercises. You can get some alignment sticks, or if you don't have them, go to Home Depot and buy some of them like sticks that people are supposed to use when it's when there's um when it's been snowing to like highlight your driveway and stuff. I, they're probably used for other things as well, but them sticks that look like alignment sticks you can get them at Home Depot for like a dollar ninety nine, and buy like ten of them. And put them out on the green, lay them out on a green and put them like two and a half feet or five feet apart. What whatever it might be, you can it could be ten feet apart for all I care, but so long as you've got a line of them that that so the this line looks like a ladder laid on the ground and the same distance is between them, then what you can do is you can start just trying to chip or pitch balls where the first bounce is in whichever but like the could be the start of the ladder. And every time you successfully achieve that, you move to the next step and you try to land the ball in that step. And you work your way all up the ladder and then work your way back down the ladder. Just to start giving you an understanding of where you're trying to land the ball. And what you'll find, hopefully, and if you don't, I would in a lesson I would be coaching you through trying to have these thoughts and feelings and uh, turn into sensations like I would... I would start to ask you questions that would place an emphasis on the length of swing you are making. So how far you are taking the club back and through uh, in, in a way that, you know, the club, your hands, your arms, your body, how much it's moving on the way back and through. And then... I would be hoping for you to draw some sort of connection between the ball landing, let's say, for example, 15 yards and that and the swing that you used, the length swing that you used to execute that. And I would hope that you would start to be able to come up with some feeling or area or position, maybe. I'm not sure. Everyone's so different. But I would be hoping that you would pretty quickly because as human beings were pretty good at this i would be hoping that relatively quickly you could start to um get a little bit more repeatable with 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 that particular swing the length of that swing and you'll start seeing the ball land in that area or close to that area more consistently now, obviously, if you were going to take this into a competitive environment, or would if you wanted to take this into a competitive environment, you would need to start adjusting the practice and training uh, to do that. But initially, in the very beginning stages of learning this distance control, you, you know, this would be perfectly suitable. Um, and then, so you you would try to climb the ladder, focusing on where the ball's landing, and try, and then from there, trying to draw some sort of. Um, some sort of feeling or association with the length of swing you're making because what was found in some research is that how far back and through professional swung was obviously what re- what resulted in the ball going x distance but then what was found that for every four inches or approximately four inches and i mentioned this in a previous podcast Approximately four inches 
further on the backswing, um, that that re- related to about an extra ten yards in distance, so ten yards in landing zone, uh, in the in the ball's bounce. So think about that. Controlling your backswing and having some sort of uh, developing the awareness to move an extra few inches back each time in your backswing would help you discover certain distances from a landing zone perspective. And then from there, you could do that with both your wedges. Um, uh, you know, maybe your pitching wedge, then your your lob wedge, your gap wedge, and if you, if you have two wedges or three wedges, whatever it is, you can then start to all of a sudden just from having a few, maybe two or three or four length, four different length swings that you feel pretty comfortable um, getting to and going back into. Uh, you all of a sudden have got a bunch of different shots. You have an array of distances with different clubs at different trajectories. So then when you're playing or competing, you can literally just map out the distance you have and you could go straight to your yardage book if you write this stuff down and go, okay, I've got a 25-yard pitch shot. I need to land the ball. I've got a 30-yard shot but I actually need to land the ball. Um, I've got a 30-yard shot, but I want to land the ball 20 because it'll land, in this, uh, on the, it'll land in this area and it'll roll out nicely to the hole. I've got a plan for about 10 yards of roll. So if I'm going to land the ball 20, I'm going to hit this pitch shot and land it 20 yards that shot, I would need this sort of tra- trajectory. Okay, that is X club. And that club, I need to swing it at um, X distance. I need to swing it uh, this, this far. And then it, you literally just, it's just a numbers game. And that's how you start to become better and more consistent with your short game. That's how you start to become dynamite, knowing that, if you're inside 50 yards or 100 yards, you're just trying to match up the trajectory of the landing zone to the club that you know that does that, but the club and the length swing with that club that does that. That's why the best are so good. They they know that this club, for example, when I was playing, I knew that my 53-degree wedge, I could swing it to what was my 9 o'clock position. It would go 70 to 73 yards every time. And I had I had that luxury with a lot of shots inside a hundred yards, which helped helped me become a professional. So I I I know that it is do, certainly doable for the average golfer to have a tall player short game, especially with pitching and chipping, just from practicing and training and developing this skill. So I hope that was helpful. Uh, distance control. Uh, there's a drill there that I just shared with you that will help you with that. And I gave you a bit of an insight into the questions I would ask in in hope that you would find or draw some sort of association with the length swing to the distance that you are trying to land the ball. If you do that, you will be on your way to a tall player short game. I hope that was some good value for you tonight. I'll be back with you tomorrow with the next episode. See you then.